Hey everybody, this is the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by In We Go, Denver's best subscription that allows you to go to as many events as you can, including Nuggets games, for only 39 bucks per month with no additional costs or fees. You heard that right. You can get tickets to Nuggets home games with your In We Go subscription for only $39 a month. And it's not just Nuggets games. It's Rockies, Rapids, Avalanche, Buffs, Concerts, Beer Tastings, food fests, comedy shows, concerts, and anything else that you can imagine. If it's going on in Denver, there's a good chance that In We Go can get you in. Here's where it gets good. We partnered with In We Go to give BSN listeners a great deal. Go to inwego.com slash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50 when you subscribe to get 50% off your first month. That's right. All events in Denver for under 20 bucks during your first month. Try it and fall in love with it, just like we did at BSN Denver. Go to inwego.com slash BSN or download the app today for free and use promo code BSN50. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Inwego, the subscription that can get you into almost any event in Denver. I'm Harrison Wind alongside Christian Clark. Thursday edition of the show, Jimmy Butler demanded a trade out of Minnesota. Nikola Jokic no longer underrated, according to ESPN, and the season is just four days away. How are you? I'm pretty good. Um, Harrison, that was a pretty good intro. Keep that same energy throughout the broadcast, bro. (laughs) I like the reference. I like the reference right off the bat. Did you catch what my Nikola Jokic reference was in reference to? No, no. Oh, well, I see you haven't taken a look at the ESPN rank that came out Thursday morning. Nikola Jokic is apparently the 12th best player in the NBA, according to ESPN. Chill, ESPN. I love me some Jokic. Come on. Come on. Ahead of Carl Towns, ahead of Kyrie Irving, ahead of Klay Thompson, ahead of Ben Simmons, ahead of Draymond Green, ahead of Victor Oladipo, ahead of Paul George, and ahead of the topic of today's show, Jimmy Butler. Yeah, um, let, let's see the Nuggets go to the playoffs before we... I will say, you can probably make the case. I don't... I mean, does playoffs have anything to do with it? These rankings? Maybe a little. Uh, it does to me. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I just It just feels a little high. It's not outrageous or anything. Oh, but. it feels very high. Yeah, I agree. But I think you can make the case. So, I actually also don't think ESPN... Those rankings aren't really rankings... If you dive into the methodology of how those are done, they pretty much create an algorithm that asks you, would you rather have, is this player better than this player? So you just ranking players against each other. And then from that, it's sorted into a composite rankings of you know the top 100 players in the league. It's not like two people just putting together a set of 100 rankings. So maybe that's why it's a little off. I think Sports Illustrated does a better methodology when it comes to that. But yeah, 12, very high for Nikola Jokic. Probably the highest a Nuggets player has been since, what, Carmelo Anthony? Who doesn't do NBA player rankings these days? If you don't do it, you're not a real writer, Christian. Yeah, yeah. You're not a real writer if you don't do a top 100. It's it's a lot to keep up with. I mean, I, I really enjoy Sports Illustrated. Rob Mahoney and Ben Galver, two of my favorite NBA writers, but geez. Can't keep up with all these top 100 rankings. If you're going to do it, you better do a damn good job of it. And if you haven't done it before and you're doing it now, you should probably stop because everybody's doing it. And somebody out there is doing a better job than you. We need CJ McCollum to do a top 100 
NBA bloggers, writers, personalities list next year. Ugh, do you think he could even name 100 bloggers and writers? Uh, probably not. <laughs> name He'd 20. have to wade through a lot of blogs to even get to a point where he could evaluate all of them. Who would NBA players put number one if they put together a top 20 list of NBA writers? Well, actually, it's a pretty intense competition for the number one spot. It's either going to be Woj or Zach Lowe, right? Right. I used to read Woj's column columns. Like He would go to a playoff game when he was at Yahoo, and it would be kind of this literary language. And I was like, God damn, this guy can really write, too. I mean, nowadays, you just see him break news, like you just said, and go on TV and provide analysis. But... Woj can freaking write, too. Well, not only that, he used to go absolutely in on guys. He used to rip LeBron James to shreds in Miami. And that's why a lot of people say LeBron's camp doesn't really let anything out to Woj these days because of what he wrote about him four or five years ago. We should probably change the subject in case either one of us want to work at ESPN one day. (laughs) I don't think anybody at ESPN is going to listen to this podcast. (laughs) Uh, I'm not trashing on Woj. No, no. I, he's he's amazing at his job. He's the best at his job. So they'd probably put Woj first. I'm sure Zach Lowe would be up there. I think NBA players read Zach Lowe for sure. It'd be a heated competition, though, for power rankings in each local market. I tell you that. Yeah, Harrison, you might be like 97th on the list or something like 97th that. 97th in the greater Denver area. <laughs> <laughs> God, I'd quit. Well, like I teased... Jimmy Butler demanded a trade. That's what we're going to talk about on today's show. We have impeccable timing with this podcast. Of course, yesterday we spoke a little bit about Jimmy Butler, how it seemed like things were going to come to a head in that meeting him and Tom Thibodeau were having in L.A. And sure enough, a couple hours after we record the podcast, the news breaks that he's demanded a trade. And so we were kind of skating around that subject on yesterday's show on, I think, the final segment. But today we can get into it much more. I say we have impeccable timing because that seems to happen all the time with this show. We'll be talking about the Nuggets point guard situation, and then they'll go ahead and sign Isaiah Thomas. We'll be talking about how, God, they have to make two or three roster moves to clear enough cap to you know, re-sign Will Barton and Max Nicole Jokic. A couple hours later, they'll trade Wilson Chandler and Darrell Arthur to uh, the Eastern Conference to clear up that cap room, throw Kenneth Freed in there too. So we have impeccable timing on this podcast, so I'm definitely assuming and predicting that a couple hours after we're done recording here Thursday morning, Jimmy Butler will probably be traded to the Clippers. Or maybe the Nuggets will be in hot pursuit of Jimmy Butler before we post this podcast this afternoon. That's just my prediction I'm throwing out there. Not based on what I think will happen, based on the track record we've had with this podcast. Well, my prediction is that we're getting a Lee Jenkins fire feature on Jimmy Butler announcing uh, a trade to the Los Angeles Clippers by the time we post today. Is he going to be writing their press releases now? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that probably not. He's got underlings to do that for him. Yeah, that's above his pay grade. But Lee Jenkins, of course, wrote the definitive Jimmy Butler profile. Fitting that the Los Angeles Clippers made him a VP in their company uh, as Jimmy Butler demands a trade from Minnesota. Yeah, as soon as I read that the Los Angeles Clippers were the number one team on Jimmy Butler's list... I immediately thought back to those those Lee Jenkins quotes from Woj's story announcing, you know, him going to the Clippers. Lee basically said, "Hey, it's inevitable that we're going to be pretty good. We're in a killer market. Um, we got a great owner, and we got good people in the front office. I mean, that's just a recipe for success long term." Jimmy Butler wants to go to L.A. They, 
you know they could, they'd have room to pay him and end another max player next summer. You don't you don't always get to go to the team that's on the top of your list. Recent history has shown us that that um, in fact it rarely works out. Right. Um, recent history tells us, but oof, L.A. with Jimmy and another max slot next summer they could be scary. It does seem like the Clippers and yeah, let's get into it now. But the Clippers have their sights set on not only Jimmy Butler, but Kawhi Leonard, too. That's got to be Jerry West's grand plan, right? We have two max slots. Let's get Jimmy Butler. I don't know if they'll trade for him now, but get him in free agency next summer. Let's get Kawhi Leonard in free agency next summer, or maybe for pennies on the dollar at the deadline. And let's build around those two guys in L.A., in this great market, moving into a new arena. That seems to be the play for the Clippers. Kawhi Leonard has said he wants to go there. But the Clippers, yeah, like you said, at the top of Jimmy Butler's preferred list of destinations, he also listed the Knicks, which he's been rumored to want to go to New York for a while, and the Nets, which kind of caught me off guard. What did you make of those three teams? Uh, Jimmy Butler wants to play under the bright lights, baby. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not earth-shattering news or anything like that but it kind of makes sense too I mean I Jimmy Butler not a, a shy guy not a guy who's ever really going to be afraid of the moment um you know he kind of reminds me of Carmelo Anthony really wanting to play in New York back in the day in some ways and Melo really seeming to relish playing in in New York in a lot of ways but yeah I mean I don't blame him I mean LA and New York those are probably the two best places on earth to, to play basketball um, in a vacuum. It's funny. Everything you hear about Jimmy Butler is like, oh, he just wants to win. If you're not putting in the work and practice, if you're not busting your ass for the full two-hour practice, if you're not doing what you're supposed to do in pregame warm-ups and off the floor in the weight room, he's going to get in your face because all he cares about is winning. And like, why would you go to the Brooklyn Nets if all you care about is winning? Like, I know they have another max slot available, or they could. They could probably finagle their cap some way. Like, why would you go to the Brooklyn Nets if all you care about is winning? Why would you go to the New York Knicks if all you care about is winning? Like, they're not going to be good next year. And, like, that stuff always throws me for a loop because it's like, yeah, players only care about winning, but they only care about winning if they're playing in the market where they want to be playing with their best friends. So, you know, it, it's kind of like a, a double-edged sword, I feel like. Maybe Jimmy is so convinced that if he goes to one of those markets, then it's inevitable another star player is going to want to play with him, and, and boom, once you got two, then that's the path to 50-plus wins. Right, and I mean, that could happen. You know, That could happen for sure, but everybody's like, oh, I, you know, that's one of the reasons why Jimmy Butler doesn't want to stay in Minnesota because you know they might be what they were last year, and they don't really have a clear path towards you know being a – finals contender and it's like you look at the teams on his list and yeah those all those teams are probably two three years out from being finals contenders yeah I mean if Jimmy wanted to be a finals contender next year it's pretty easy just figure out a way to get to the Lakers <laughs> yeah or the Warriors or the Rockets the Rockets would be nasty with Jimmy Butler um yeah so the three teams he listed the Knicks Nets Clippers it's funny because the last three guys to demand trades, the last three superstar-level players, I'd say, to demand trades, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Kyrie Irving, they also put out their preferred destinations there. Kawhi Leonard wanted to go to the Lakers. This was 
before LeBron James signed there and also in Woj's piece, he said how Jimmy Butler kind of softened on his desires to go to the Lakers once LeBron James signed there, which I think is a very interesting subplot to this whole thing. Paul George, he also wanted to go to the Lakers. That was back when he was still in Indiana, if you remember. And then Kyrie Irving, he threw out four teams there when he said he wanted to get traded from the Cavs. He threw out the Spurs, which I'm sure he would love to take back now. The Miami Heat, the Knicks as well, which is very interesting when looking at Jimmy Butler's list, and the Minnesota Timberwolves. So each of these three players, the three latest superstars to really demand trades, nobody got what they wanted. Nobody got traded to a team they wanted. And you look at the two that have moved on, Kyrie and Paul George and Kawhi. So the three have moved on and none of them are with teams that were on their supposed lists when they did the man trades. Bovada has already released odds about where Jimmy Butler is going to play in game number one of this upcoming regular season. Uh, The Timberwolves are still the favorite. Second on that list, though, were the Philadelphia 76ers. And I think that would be a really interesting destination for Jimmy Butler because, look, we know he wants to play with guys who are dogs. We know he wants to play with guys who love the hoop. I think Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid fit that mold. And Mm. I don't... This is just me from a thousand miles away, but it seems like their personalities could mesh um, because those guys are all, you know, kind of dogs, especially Embiid. I could see him getting along with Jimmy Butler. And I think the 76ers have enough pieces and picks to make a run at Jimmy Butler, even with, you know, obviously without getting giving up um, Embiid or Simmons. Yeah, now the 76ers have a GM, so they'd be able to actually make a trade call. Yeah, and they were not shy about going star hunting this summer either. Oh, big game hunting, yeah. yeah although they came up empty. That team would be crazy defensively. Like, who could score on, you know, a three of Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons, and Embiid out there together? Right, right. Yeah, Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons, Embiid, Fultz, who now has a little bit of a jumper, apparently, as of Thursday morning. J.J. Redick, Dario Sarge, Covington. Yeah, that is that is some five-man closing lineup you could put out there. I think they'd clearly be the best team in the East with Jimmy Butler. A team I'm surprised wasn't on Jimmy Butler's list. And they came in on the odds Bovada put out with the sixth highest odds to land Butler at 15-2. But the Boston Celtics. And I say that because... We know Jimmy Butler and Kyrie Irving want to play together. And we know that because it's been kind of reported. And they both had the Knicks on their free agent, or not free agent, but preferred trade destination wish list, which is very telling, I think. And you got to think those guys will play together at some point. Why not Boston? Boston definitely has the assets to send back to Minnesota. They could probably get a trade done yesterday if they were going to give up a guy like Jalen Brown. I don't think they would, but they could definitely get a deal done if they wanted to. Do players not want to play with LeBron anymore? Like, what the heck's going on? Paul George seemed like he was destined for the Lakers. LeBron James goes there. No, I'm going to stay here and you know go fishing in the offseason every day with Russell Westbrook and OKC. Kawhi Leonard seemed... Dead set on going to the Lakers, dead set on going to Los Angeles. Oh, I grew up in L.A. You know, I grew up going to Lakers games. Now, you know, maybe the Clippers are a little more enticing now. I mean, what is going on here? 
the thing with LeBron is he's going to get his 27, 7, and 7. You know he's going to put those numbers up efficiently. And I think there is some validity to this idea that, you know, whenever LeBron's team has success, then he's going to get the lion's share of the credit for it. And whenever LeBron's team doesn't have success, then the blame is going to fall on his teammates. I think it could be some of that. The other part that I think it is is there's just so much pressure and the spotlight is on you 24-7 with your playing with LeBron. And not just like pressure when it comes to who gets the blame and who doesn't get the blame, but just being with that guy in a practice setting like every day, being in a game setting with him every day. Just LeBron demands 100% excellence from everybody on his roster. 24-7. You know, he's going to be in the gym two hours before you for practices, and he'll probably stay two hours later than you. you know, he'll be going he, – he's just demands excellence from everybody around him, everybody on his team, coaches, players, trainers, everybody. And I don't know if a lot of guys just want to be around that, as crazy as that sounds. A lot of guys just you know, want to just roll the ball out and hoop and win a lot of games and be a contender, but they don't want to do it with LeBron. It's just weird to me. Yeah, I mean, the level of scrutiny that that comes with that, oh, it's just almost unimaginable. I mean, ESPN just sends reporters wherever LeBron goes and puts them on TV every single night because of the LeBron factor. I don't know. I mean, I get it, man. I, I get it. I can understand wanting to do your own thing and just not having to deal with the vortex that comes with playing with LeBron. Mm -hmm. I can see it too. It's a crazy phenomenon though. And I really wonder who the Lakers are going to be getting now. If they're not getting Jimmy Butler, doesn't sound like they're getting Kawhi Leonard. Paul George is off the board. I mean, is Kevin Durant the next most likely piece for the Lakers to land? I don't know. I don't know. They did an Uber commercial back together. They did. Definitely means they're playing together. (laughs) Let's go ahead and take a break real quick. We'll be right back here on the BSN Nuggets podcast. Many of you listen to these BSN Denver podcasts every day, and we appreciate that. We also want you to know that there's even more access at bsndenver.com. On the website, you'll find exclusive interviews, feature stories, locker room audio, film breakdowns, live game content, and game grades, where we grade every player after every game using our proprietary grading metric for each sport. Nobody covers Denver sports like BSN Denver. Go to bsndenver.com and use promo code PODCAST to get a one-year membership for only $29.99. That comes out to $249 per month, half of what our monthly package costs. That's promo code PODCAST for a $29.99 annual pass, giving you a 50% discount. BSN Denver is sports coverage for diehard fans. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by InWeGo. Hey guys, if you have a question for the show, Don't be afraid to hit up the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. 1-800-BSN-8394 is the number you need to call. 1-800-BSN-8394. Questions, comments, takes about the Nuggets, takes about the rest of the league. We love to hear them. We love your questions. We love that audience participation. So if you have a question, hit the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. 1-800-BSN-8394. We've got one question that we'll get to a little later about Jimmy Butler and Denver. But the question I want to pose to you, Christian, is we are less than 24 hours removed from Jimmy Butler demanding a trade. That came down Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday evening. 
The Wolves have had a few hours to sit on this. I'm sure they're getting tons of calls from rival GMs and executives all over the league. Do you think the Wolves will wind up trading Jimmy Butler, a guy who's their best player, a, a guy who they gave up high draft picks for, a guy who they gave up Zach Levine for? Will they deal him as a result of this? Things seem so bad between Jimmy Butler and Wiggins that you'd think they'd almost have to, right? I mean, that. I guess any... I guess it could be salvaged, but yeah, it seems like they will. Um, they don't have a lot of leverage because this happened so close to the start of the regular season, just a couple of days away from media day. And, you know, that's one reason why a meeting like this has to take place between Tibbs and Jimmy Butler in July or something like that. So they actually have time to work or out. Or at a good the deal. end of the season. Hello? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get swept out of the first round, like, have the meeting then. Yeah, how did you not do this before? Like, how did you wait until freaking mid-September to sit down with your best player? That that part is confusing, especially when, you know, Tibbs and Jimmy Butler go way back. But, yeah, I think they probably got to move him, right? It seems like they do. Um, It's tough. So do you think they trade him, like, within the next week? Bef- before training camp? I mean, they have four days until training camp. Oh, man, I could see Tibbs being stubborn enough to be like, oh, we can make this work. So, I don't know. I mean, it's difficult to say. Uh, <laughs> Tibbs has all the power there. He's the coach and the president of basketball operations or general manager or whatever, the highest-ranking mm-hmm. yep. basketball official. So The top basketball decision maker. Yeah, um, a model that probably needs to go, by the way. but A model that's never worked, yet guys still get it, get it, and I'm sure guys in the future will get it. Yeah, the only coaches in sports who should have that power, Greg Popovich and Bill Belichick. That's the list. Yeah, and I'm not even sure Greg Popovich should have it, to be quite honest. I'm not sure if the Timberwolves will trade him. It might seem like an open and shut case. He's obviously not on great terms with you know, the, the rest of the players there, him and Towns, who the hell knows what's going on there off the court and on the court. But Tom Thibodeau being in charge really changes things. It's really tough to imagine Tom Thibodeau trading Jimmy Butler and then rebuilding around Carl Anthony Towns. He's never been a coach who wants to rebuild. That's not his style. He's a coach who you bring in and you're going to win right away. You're going to change the culture and you're going to win right away. That's the appeal of Tom Thibodeau. And like I guess maybe if you trade him to the Clippers, you get back Tobias Harris, Pat Beverly, or Lou Williams, a couple of those guys. Yeah, you could string together a 40-42 win team. Maybe that's what Tom Thibodeau wants to do. But he definitely doesn't want to rebuild just around Carl Towns. So if you look at the numbers, um, Andrew Wiggins, Jimmy Butler, and Carl Anthony Towns, when those three were out on the floor together for Minnesota last year, the Timberwolves outscored opponents by 10 points per 100 possessions. They were really, really good. When just Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns were out there, but Jimmy Butler was on the bench, the Timberwolves got outscored by 1.3 points per 100 possessions. I mean, Jimmy Butler was the heart and soul of that team. He was, he was, you know, their most important player in terms of winning by a pretty significant margin. Now, this year, I would not expect the Timberwolves to be a net negative when just Towns and Wiggins are out there. Um, things are going to, if they retool around Towns, I mean, they're going to be pretty decent, I think. And, I, you know, I, I think even if they got Tobias Harris back, 
um, in a trade that they might have enough talent to make a run at the playoffs. So I don't think their playoff hopes are sunk or anything, even if they get Jimmy Butler out of there. But there's just no question that he was far and away their best and most important player last year. Yeah, for sure. I also am not sure if the Wolves will end up trading him because, yeah, things seem bad right now. Maybe you bring the guys to training camp and just kind of let things work themselves out. But it's like, what can you really get for Jimmy Butler right now? Are the L.A. Clippers actually going to give up two of Patrick Beverly and Tobias Harris and Lou Williams for Jimmy Butler? when they just know they're the front runner to get him next summer, like are teams really going to give up anything of substantial value for Jimmy Butler right now who think they have a legit shot at getting him in the off season. And that's why you've seen so many of these players who report and leak out these lists of their preferred destinations, not get traded there because the teams that are on that list are confident they can get them in free agency. And as we've seen with Paul George, that didn't work out for the Lakers. And that's still to be determined with Kawhi Leonard. And we'll see what happens with Kyrie Irving if he extends in Boston. But maybe the Clippers are saying, why would we give up anything for this guy who we're just going to get in six months on a full four-year deal in unrestricted free agency? And maybe that's when another team that we don't think about comes in and pounces on Jimmy Butler. It's pretty incredible that Jimmy Butler said that he wants out of Minnesota two days after New York Knicks GM Steve Mills said, hey, we're not going to give up any first-round picks for a guy we can go out and get in free agency. I mean, it looks like the Knicks are, are finally you know, taking a pretty smart and prudent approach. And then, hey, Jimmy Butler becomes available. Right. This would be a classic situation where maybe the old Knicks would go, oh, my God, Jimmy Butler's available. Quick, let's get Tom Thibodeau on the line. Frank Nilkina, okay, first-round pick. Okay, let's get Jimmy Butler in here as fast as we can. That doesn't seem like to be the way the Knicks are operating anymore. Now they're taking a cautious and well-thought-out approach and saying, no, we're not going to give up any future draft picks. We're not going to give away any of our young guys. Not that they have many young guys that are very promising other than Nilakina and Knox and Porzingis. They have, they're, they're thinking things out right now. I, I just think this evolves to something where we're going to hear of a team that's not on this list, quote-unquote, really engage the Wolves on Jimmy Butler and try to get him for 10 cents on the dollar because that's just how these things seem to evolve. One of those teams not on the list the Denver Nuggets. And that brings us to our Total Beverage Fan Hotline. We've got a question there from a caller. So let's go there right now. My name is Chris from New Jersey. And I was just wondering if you guys think the Nuggets should attempt to go after Jimmy Butler. Chris, my man, thank you for the question. And again, if you guys have questions for the show, Total Beverage Fan Hotline is the best place to leave them. 1-800-BSN-8394. 1-800-BSN-8394. BSN 8394, all it is, it's a message machine. So go ahead and leave your name, leave where you're calling from, and a question. That's all you got to do, and we'll answer it on the show. So I thought it was to you first, Christian. Should the Nuggets trade for Jimmy Butler? Yeah, they should totally trade for him if the Timberwolves are willing to offer a package like Trey Lyles and Michael Porter Jr. or something like that. Okay. 
But, you know, I, I would definitely not give up Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, and Nicole Jokic for Jimmy Butler, who's only got one year left on his deal, um, could leave after just one season. And I think the Nuggets would have to really do their homework and think long and hard about Jimmy Butler's fit with Nicole Jokic because I'm going to read this excerpt from this article you tweeted out yesterday. And to me, this is gets pretty close at Jimmy Butler, who he is at his core. Playing with me, you've got no choice because I'm going to get in your nerves every single day until you do what I know you can do, what I expect of you, what we expect of you. Then it's going to make winning a lot easier. Mm-hmm. I could see there being a little friction between Jimmy Butler and Nikola Jokic, and who knows, maybe they love each other. But you just have to think really, really long and hard about, hey, is this going to you know, lead to some discontent when we've spent all these years building a great culture around here? Yeah, I don't know if it would be any friction or lead to that. I think that's not something you're going to know until he's here, which is the unfortunate part about it, and that goes for the Nuggets or any team. I'm not sure if the Nuggets should trade for Jimmy Butler unless, like you said, it's for a trade package that's pennies on the dollar. If they, you know, if you're dealing like not somebody that's in your core of Jokic and Jamal Murray and Gary Harris, and you know, I don't know if Will Barton is in that argument, but if they're asking for something real cheap, yeah, you could probably make that deal. Yeah, you probably should make that deal, but I, look, that's not going to happen. I don't think they'd be willing to give up a Jamal Murray, a Gary Harris, or a Nicole Jokic. I don't think they should by any means. A much more likely path for Jimmy Butler to Denver is probably in free agency next summer, where I'm sure the Nuggets will go after him like any team will with max or close to max cap space. And that's another thing. If the Wolves are going to trade him, they got to trade him now. They can't trade him at the trade deadline because whatever packages they could get for him now, those packages are going to be even less in value at the trade deadline when the team trading for him only has him for a guaranteed two months. Yeah, like what are you going to get, Patrick Beverly in a second-round pick? If you wait till the trade deadline? At the deadline, yeah. If that. If you're the Clippers, if that. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, Harrison, there's not a path for him signing here next summer because the Nuggets are going to sign Kevin Durant next summer. Uh, we've talked about this. We've gone over this many times. Yeah, you're dead set on this, and I'm, I'm a little surprised. This I, isn't like you usually. I'm just going to keep it moving. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you just you can't disrupt what the foundation that the Nuggets have so carefully built by trading away Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, or Nicole Jokic. No, there's no chance they do that. There's none. They've had so many opportunities to trade those guys away in the past for star-level talents, and they haven't because that's how much they are believers in this core here. Yeah, and you know Jimmy Butler is a guy who wants to be paid. That was one of his biggest issues is that the Timberwolves didn't clear out a bunch of cap room to give him that bigger deal and we're instead, you know, just going to let him play on that $19 million deal next season of it, instead of agreeing to a newer, bigger deal. You got to be worried about how Jimmy Butler is going to age, too, because I love Definitely. the guy. I think he's a dog. I think he's a competitor. He's a winner. But there are a ton of miles already in his body. He dealt with the meniscus issue last year. Jimmy Butler has only played in 70-plus games um, in two of his seven seasons as an NBA player. He's a guy I would be worried about paying big money when he's 33, 34, or something like that. 
I believe he's got maybe two more seasons at the level he played at last year. And hey, if you're the Nuggets and you can get Jimmy Butler at that level for two more seasons, that's not bad. Um, so if that is what you think, if that's what you, you think Jimmy Butler can give you for two years, yeah, you, you get him as a free agent. And then you probably worry about things later if you can ha- get him and become a contender because of that. But yeah, after that, that's when you really feel like he's going to fall off. Playing so many minutes for Tom Thibodeau. He's had some injury history in the past. You don't feel like he's going to be producing like this into his mid-30s, really. One thing the Nuggets have been really meticulous about in their rebuild is they haven't skipped any steps, right? They've drafted and developed their core three. Jokic, Murray, Harris. They've resisted trading away any of them for an all-star level talent or or a superstar to push this rebuild along faster. They've resisted kind of speeding things up. And Jimmy Butler would definitely speed things up. He's certainly older than this core three that are here right now. He's even a little older than Will Barton. And the Nuggets have been so resistant to kind of speeding things along and getting too far ahead ahead of themselves. And Jimmy Butler would definitely be speeding things along. So it's going to be a difficult decision if this spills over to free agency. And, yeah, like I said, I don't really envision the Nuggets being a player in the trade market for him, but – who knows? Maybe in free agency next summer they are. I mean, are there any other teams out there that are players for him in your mind that we haven't talked about yet? Not talking about the Nuggets or, or any of these teams on his list, like the Clippers, the Knicks, the Nets. I know we mentioned the Celtics and the 76ers. Is there like a dark horse for you that could maybe get in there and be like a Toronto? Because we saw Toronto come out of nowhere. When it came to Kawhi Leonard, the only people who thought Toronto was a real player, I think up until a couple days before it happened, were the Vegas books, right? So maybe that's something to watch in the buildup to this Jimmy Butler situation over the next week. Do you have any dark horses in mind? Oh, man, it would be great if the New Orleans Pelicans could figure out a way to, you know, at least make this interesting. Maybe Julius Randle and a pick or something like that, but I don't know if that's enough to get it done. It would be cool to see Jimmy Seems Butler like and Anthony Davis, though. Yeah, Julius Randle could be a Tom Thibodeau guy. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they they probably don't have enough, but it would be sweet to see Anthony Davis with some help on the wings, finally. The Heat are always an interesting destination, a place I'm sure he'd want to go, a place that was also on Kyrie Irving's free agency list. Keep that in mind. But Jimmy Butler kind of fits that that hardworking culture in Miami, I would certainly think. Let's go ahead and take another break real quick. We'll be right back on the BSN Nuggets podcast. The biggest benefits of CBD are our cognitive, our neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory, and then a lot of the most common situations that, that people are taking it are for pain. That is Arthur Jaffe, a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinol, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. 
Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits and isn't limited to just athletes. Everyone can take it, from adults and children to even your dog. I wished I would have learned about it or that it would have been more prominent at a younger age to potentially have, have given my father a, a significant opportunity to fight prostate cancer, which ultimately took his life when I was 13. You know, I really think that it would have helped him. Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out Elixinol.com. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by In We Go. Harrison, one of the things I was, or one of their team I was thinking about, the Portland Trailblazers. They desperately, desperately need help on the wing. Um, you know, that's... That was kind of their biggest flaw, and they got exposed in the playoffs by the New Orleans Pelicans with that aggressive trapping scheme. I mean, you, you probably can't trade C.J. McCollum um, for one year of Jimmy Butler, but it would be really interesting if they I could might. figure out a way to, to pair Dame and Jimmy Butler together. That could be killer. I might trade C.J. McCollum for one year of Jimmy Butler and just take my chances. I mean, what is Portland going to do? to be honest. like They're probably already in the bottom tier of those Western Conference playoff contenders next season. They don't believe that internally, but what the heck is Portland going to do? You know, Maybe if they didn't give $40 million to Myers Leonard two years ago, they would be in a better spot to get Jimmy Butler. Maybe if they didn't give $70 million to Alan Crabb two years ago, they'd be in a better spot to go get Jimmy Butler. But you know, some teams just aren't in the best position, Christian. Some teams just don't really have that cap flexibility. Yeah, and if you're the Nuggets... You just got to be hoping that Jimmy Butler goes east somewhere, right? Because oh, yeah. there's just so much talent in the West, and the disparity in talent only got worse when LeBron decided to go from Cleveland to the Lakers. Just go east, baby. Right. The Nuggets are definitely hoping, I mean, big caveat here is that they don't get involved in the Jimmy Butler sweepstakes, that he goes east and he goes to the Knicks or he goes to the Brooklyn Nets and he stays out of the Western Conference and the Minnesota Timberwolves fall off a little bit. The Nuggets would obviously vault them in the Western Conference pecking order if they did not have Jimmy Butler, really no matter who they got back, I think. And yeah, if he goes east, that really helps Denver a lot in the division too because Minnesota is a team they play twice per year at home, twice per year on the road too. The Jimmy Butler situation is fascinating because the Nuggets have just this really homegrown college-like chemistry and it's a risk when you bring in any free agent and it's funny because that's got to be some of the reason why the Clippers got Lee Jenkins to join their front office so he can do due diligence on free agents they might look to go after like Jimmy Butler who he's done due diligence on and written a huge feature on in the past and you have to do that as a franchise for every free agent you bring in. And if you're the Nuggets, that's so important because the culture they've built is so strong. The camaraderie on this team is so strong. The chemistry on this team is so strong. And not just Jimmy Butler, but when you bring in any free agent to that, you risk that to an extent. So it's something for the Nuggets to think about. That's something for every team to think about. Yeah, it was pretty hilarious that while the Jimmy Butler, Andrew Wiggins' brother, Steven Jackson drama was unfolding yesterday... The Nuggets were playing spike ball at practice. Exactly. One Western Conference playoff contender is just crumbling to their knees. 
in Minnesota while the other is playing spike ball at practice. And this is like what I referenced on Thursday's show. John Krasinski on The Athletic has said how there's been nobody in Minnesota from the Wolves at the practice gym day in and day out. It's just like the three training camp invites, the guys under two-way contracts, and Tyus Jones, who lives in Minnesota in the offseason, whereas in Denver, you've got all 17 guys, really all 20 guys who are going to be at training camp in the practice gym. Most of those guys have been here for weeks upon weeks. I think Paul Millsap was the last guy to arrive here. They've been there. They've been working together. They've been playing together. Mike Malone is there. It's pretty much like informal practices right now, and they've been at it for a couple weeks. So it's just night and day what's going on in Minnesota and what's going on in Denver right now. Two franchises that, in my opinion, really seem to be trending in exact opposite directions. So it's going to be fascinating to see how this Jimmy Butler situation develops and what that means for the future of that Minnesota Timberwolves franchise. Because, look, if they trade him and they have to trade him for Tobias Harris and Patrick Beverly, man, it might take a minute for the Minnesota Timberwolves to really recover, especially if Jimmy Butler stays in the Western Conference. So we'll see what happens, but it has not been a great week for the Timberwolves at all. Imagine breaking a playoff drought that lasted more than a decade, and then a couple months after you finally snapped that playoff drought, your best player wants out. Yeah, for a fan base, it's got to be depressing. It's got to be really disheartening. And one situation, how this could end, is they have to trade Tom, or not Tom Thibodeau, they have to trade Carl Anthony Towns. I don't know who would trade for Tom Thibodeau. And then, you know, you move on from Tom Thibodeau. I think that could be a course of action because it does not seem to me from an outside point of view that Tom Thibodeau is going to want to be there to coach a team without Jimmy Butler, who it seems like he's got a real tight relationship with. And maybe that's what happens. And then who knows what happens with Minnesota? Maybe you have to hire like a Fred Hoiberg. Yeah. Under no circumstance can you afford to trade Carl Anthony Towns. Like that guy. Oh, that should be off the table. Yeah. Like you just have to do anything to make Carl Anthony Towns happy and want to stay there. If you're Glenn Taylor, the owner of the Timberwolves, and Tom Thibodeau texts you and is like, yeah, I've got a great trade package from for uh, Cat, Glenn. I, I got this great trade. We're going to be able to keep Jimmy Butler, but we just got to deal Carl Towns and yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, are you cool if I do it? You got to be like, um, Tom, you do that, and I'm going to intercept that call, and you're going to be fired. Yeah, he's got to go. He's got to go. It doesn't matter if you have to pay freaking $15 million in buyout money or whatever it is, just some crazy, outrageous sum. But Harrison, I need to ask you an important question. Have you ever played spike ball? No, I haven't. It is so freaking fun. <laughs> yeah i love playing spike ball man it is so fun great Noted. park game Noted. Uh, people are always playing spike ball at cheeseman park by the way but if i had to pick one nuggets duo to win a spike ball tournament i would probably pick gary harrison and nicole Jokic, the, the pair that looks like they won yeah they won that's fitting they won i'm glad you picked them <laughs> i mean Nicole Jokic seems tailor-made for a spike ball. Yeah, reading rebounds off that net like he reads rebounds off the rim. Any game that involves hand-eye coordination, Jokic is just going to dominate. I bet he's so good at And you know ball. he's probably like picked up a bunch of like dirty tricks in spike ball like after playing it once. <laughs> dirty tricks in spike ball? Like what? Trip the other guy? 
No, like, you know how he does, like, little things during a game. Like, there will be a turnover, and he'll sprint over to the ref and try to inbound the ball all quickly. Or, yeah. uh, you know, as after he makes a basket, he'll accidentally, quote-unquote, run into the guy who's inbounding the ball. So it takes him a little while to inbound the ball on the other end so he has a little bit more time to get back on defense. Little things like that. Yeah. He, he uh, picks those up pretty quickly. Oh, you're probably right about that. I think that's all the time we got for today's show. Thanks for listening, guys. Questions, comments, leave them on the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. That's the best way to get a question on the show. And if you have a second, head on over to iTunes. We'd really appreciate a five-star review. Helps us grow the show. Helps us keep doing this podcast five days a week, which is what we'll be doing in the season as well next week. So excited for that to get going. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back with another episode on Friday. Talk with you guys then.